This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland. What's up everyone? My name is Russell and what time is it? It is Hero Time in which I'll be bringing you up to date on all the latest in pop culture news for your hearing pleasure. Coming up this week, Robbie Coltrane went to heaven, Harrison Ford recast as General Ross in the MCU, a cancelled Star Trek IV script by Rings of Power showrunners, and Bayonetta voice actor asked fans to boycott the latest game in the series. But first up in our top story, breaking news from IGN, and it's a very sad time in the entertainment industry, as Robbie Coltrane, the actor and comedian who played Hagrid in the Harry Potter movies, has died at the age of 72. As reported by the BBC, Coltrane's agent Belinda Wright confirmed that he died in a hospital near Falkirk in Scotland on Friday, the 14th of October this year. Wright called Coltrane a unique talent and said that the actor brought joy to children and adults alike all over the world. For me personally, I shall remember him as an abundantly loyal client, Wright said. As well as being a wonderful actor, he was forensically intelligent, brilliantly witty, and after 40 years of being proud to be called his agent, I shall miss him. He is survived by his sister, Annie Ray, his children, Spencer and Alice, and their mother, Rona Gimmel. They would like to thank the medical staff at Fourth Valley Royal Hospital, Larbert, for their care and diplomacy. Please respect Robbie's family's privacy at this distressing time. Coltrane was born on March 30th, 1950, in Rutherglen, Scotland, with the name Anthony Robert McMillan. He took on the last name Coltrane as a tribute to jazz saxophonist John Coltrane. His acting career kicked off in 1979 when he was cast in the TV series Play for Today, and he would continue on to star in such films and shows such as Flash Gordon, A Kick Up the 80s, Laugh, I Nearly Paid My License Fee, Death Watch, Scrubbers, Crawl, Tutti Frutti, and so many more. He also starred as the forensic psychologist Dr. Edward Fitz Fitzgerald in the TV series Cracker, and his performance would earn him three BAFTA awards. He is perhaps most well known for his portrayal of Rubius Hagrid in the Harry Potter films and for his time as Valentin Zukovsky in the James Bond films, Goldeneye and The World Is Not Enough, both films that starred Pierce Brosnan as the titular spy. For his contribution to the world of drama, he was awarded the OBE, Officer of the Order of the British Empire, in the 2006 New Year's Honours by Queen Elizabeth II. Everyone here around the world, myself included, have gave our condolences to the family, friends, and indeed fans of Robbie Coltrane. 
Have fun in limbo, sir. We'll be raising our wands for you, who will join the other fallen Harry Potter actors, including Alan Rickman, Richard Harris, and Helen McRory. Up next, reports from IGN confirmed that General Thunderbolt Ross will return to the MCU, reportedly played by Harrison Ford. According to reporter Jeff Snyder, the Indiana Jones star will be suiting up as the infamous Marvel general following the death of original actor William Hurt. We're hearing Harrison Ford has, in fact, been cast as General Thunderbolt Ross, who is expected to make his first appearance in Captain America 4, said Snyder via Twitter. This news was confirmed via Slash Film, who also added that Ford will be appearing in Marvel's Thunderbolts, the upcoming new supervillain team-up movie that will bring to an end of Marvel's Phase 5. General Ross has already appeared in the MCU, first in the 2008 film The Incredible Hulk, and then in Captain America Civil War, the final two Infinity Saga's Avengers films, and Black Widow. However, original actor William Hurt died earlier this year, leaving Marvel no choice but to recast if they wanted Ross to appear in a Thunderbolts movie, a bit of a given considering the name. At the moment, Ford's role in the upcoming movies remains unclear, but the character Thunderbolt Ross does often take a similar role to Suicide Squad's Amanda Waller in the comic books. However, Marvel's Hulk roles often involve a lot of motion capture work, and it's unclear whether or not Ford will don a motion capture suit to bring Red Hulk to the big screen. Either way, it sounds as though Thunderbolt Ross will return. Whether or not we get the Red Hulk remains a mystery. Up next, Reports from IGN confirmed that the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay have revealed details of their cancelled Star Trek IV script, which would have been like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in space. Following the finale of Lord of the Rings Rings of Power, Payne and McKay sat down with Esquire to discuss the Prime Video show but they also shared a few exciting details of what could have been if their Star Trek project had actually seen the light of day. It had been previously reported that Star Trek IV was going to somehow bring together Chris Pine's James T. Kirk and his father George Kirk, played by Chris Hemsworth, but Payne and McKay gives us a much clearer picture of the story that never was. The conceit was that through a cosmic quirk in the Star Trek world, Pine and Hemsworth's characters were the same age, McKay said. It was going to be a grandfather-son space adventure. Think Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in space. We weirdly thrill about it. We had an original villain and a really cool 2001 A Space Odyssey-esque sci-fi idea at the core. While this concept would have potentially been great to see on the big screen, its cancellation 
may just have led to McKay and Payne finding their way to the rings of power. We worked on it for two and a half years with Lindsay Weber, our non-writing executive producer on Rings of Power, and an amazing director, S.J. Clarkson, McKay continued. The movie eventually fell apart, and it really was a heartbreak for us. It's part of what led us here, because we got us thinking, gosh, with a big IP title, big movie stars, and a story that we all felt had the chance to be terrific, it couldn't come together. We felt the winds were shifting against big movies, which is part of what made us start taking TV seriously. That led us to the rings of power, but we would have loved to make that movie. The pair didn't stop there, however, as Payne then gave more details on how exactly this film would have played out. There's an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called Relics where they find Scotty, who has been trapped in the transporter for a couple of decades, and they were able to have a cool adventure with him. Payne said, Our consite was, what if right before the Kelvin impacted with that huge mining ship, George Kirk had tried to beam himself over to his wife, his shuttle, where his son, Jim Kirk, had been born. And what if the ship hadn't completely exploded? What if it left some space junk? Think about when you send a message and you type it out, but you haven't quite hit send. On the other side, they see those three little dots that someone has typed. It's like the transporter had absorbed its pattern up into the pattern buffer, but hadn't spit him out on the other side. It was actually a saved copy of him that was in the computer. In closing, McKay shared how Pines James T. Kirk and his crew would have found his father's pattern. So the adventure is that Chris Pine and the crew of the Enterprise have to seek out the wreckage of the ship that his father died on because of a mystery and a new villain, McKay said. In the ship, they stumble across his father's pattern. They beam him out, and he has no idea that no time has passed at all, and that he's looking at his son. Then the adventure goes from there. Star Trek IV was officially announced in 2017, and it had a bit of a bumpy ride since. It was reportedly cancelled in 2019, but it was given a new life when it was announced that WandaVision director Matt Shakeman would be directing this next installment. Unfortunately, Shakeman recently dropped the project to focus on directing Marvel's Fantastic Four. The final report of the day. Reports coming from, you guessed it, IGN states that Bayonetta voice actor Helena Taylor has shared that she didn't reprise the role for Bayonetta 3 as she was offered only $4,000 to do so. Furthermore, she asked fans to boycott the game and donate to charity instead. Taylor took to Twitter to share a few videos of her speaking to the camera and share her side of the story following the announcement that Mass Effect's Jennifer Hale 
would be replacing her in Bayonetta 3. Taylor has voiced the character since the original game and couldn't stay silent anymore after how she was treated. The Bayonetta franchise made an approximately $450 million and that's not including merchandise, Taylor began. As an actor, I've trained for a total of seven and a half years, three years at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art, Lambada, with voice coach Barbara Bersky, and four and a half years with the legendary Larry Moss in Los Angeles. And what did they think this was worth? What did they offer to pay me? The final order to do the whole game as a buyout flat rate was 4,000 US dollars. This is an insult to me. The amount of time I took to work on my talent and everything that I have given to this game and to the fans. I'm asking the fans to boycott this game and instead spend the money that you would spend on this game donating to charity. I didn't want the world. I didn't ask for too much. I was just asking for a decent, dignified living wage. What they did was legal, but it was immoral. She continued to share that many know she is more a lover than a fighter, and that many may not see her as Bayonetta in real life. However, she has realized she is more like the character than she knew. I understand that boycotting this game is a personal choice, and there are those that won't, and that's fine. But if you are someone who cares about people, who cares about the world around you, who cares about who gets hurt with these financial decisions, then I urge you to boycott this game, Taylor said. I decided to do it to stand up in solidarity with people all around the world who did not get paid properly for their talents. Fat cats cream off the top and leave us the rotten crumbs. You know, in England right now, there are nurses going to food banks to feed their children. This is not right. This is not acceptable. It impacts mental health. Because of it, I suffered from depression and anxiety. I worried that I was going to be on the streets. That terrified me so much that once I was suicidal. I am not afraid of the non-disclosure agreement. I can't even afford to run a car. What are they going to do? Take my clothes? Good luck to them. Bayonetta always stands up for those with less power and stands up for what's right. And in doing this, you stand with her. In a third video, Taylor shared that she had to re-audition for the role as sometimes voices change with time. And she passed with flying colors. Following her audition, she was sent an insulting offer. In response, she wrote to Bayonetta 3 executive director Hideki Kamiya to ask him for what I'm worth. So I got a friend who has been in the business in Japan to write him in Japanese to him. Taylor said, I know he read it because I got a reply. I got a reply saying that he 
values greatly the contribution to the game, and the fans really want me to voice it over. And the memory of first meeting me as Bayonetta is a memory I hold dear. So I thought, great, thank God. That is when they offered me 400,000 US dollars. And you know, Platinum had the cheek to say that I was busy, that they couldn't make it work with Miss Taylor's schedule. Well, I had nothing but time. Taylor then spoke about Hale replacing her and saying that while she wishes all the best, she has no right to say she is Bayonetta. They now have a new girl voicing her over, and I love actors, and I wish her all the joy in the world and all the jobs, but she has no right to say she is Bayonetta, Taylor said. She has no right to sign merchandise as Bayonetta, any more than I have the right to sign as Eva Green, even though I was her parrot in the Golden Compass. That portrayal is hers and hers alone. They'll probably try to do a spin-off with Janine. Don't buy that either. Camilla has since reported to these allegations with a short tweet saying sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth. That's what all I can tell now. By the way, beware of my rules. Bayonetta 3 will be released on, P on consoles on the 21st of October this year. And that's all the time for Hero Time this week. Thank you very much for listening to this week's edition of Hero Time. Join me again next week while I keep you up to date on all the latest in pop culture news for your absolute hearing pleasure. And don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at Phoenix Hero Time for all the pop culture news I post. And if you want to catch up on this week's episode of Hero Time, listen to it again on Phoenix Radio Podcast. Thanks again for listening. My name is Russell, and for all the music and programs you love, keep it right here to Phoenix Radio online on phoenixradio.com.au and on the TuneIn Radio app. Catch you then. Bye-bye.